Okay, that's, that's okay, but this is student takeover. So can we all, for one night, be the kid that I think we all wish we could be all the time? Can we raise a shout of praise to Jesus? Come on, come on. So look, I am so incredibly honored that you are here. Uh, let me go ahead and say, welcome home, welcome to Vibrant Church. Hey, if you're a Vibrant regular, can you put your hands together for our VIPs, our first timers? So check it out, here at Vibrant Church, we call our first timers VIPs because you are a special guest to us. Now, if this is your first time joining us, we wanna invite you guys to fill out the connection card that's in the seat back right in front of you. And if you're joining us online, hey, can we, can we give it up for our online family? Hey, we love you guys. We wanna invite you to actually fill out the connection card that our chat host is gonna drop right into the chat window. It's very simple. And I will promise you, we won't be creepy. We won't come stalk you. We just wanna do a little bit of life with you because how many of you know we are better together? Can I get an amen? Come on, come on. Well, I'm gonna jump into a quick announcement because you guys may actually know me as the weird announcements guy. Some of you are like, what does that guy even do? He just comes up here and gets us hyped up on a Sunday. Well, I'm gonna do the announcement so I can keep my job, but everybody say first Saturday serve. That's going down this Saturday, and we've got a very special serve that we want you to be a part of. It is our bike and scooter assembly team. Y'all do not sound excited. Let's try that again. Oh, okay, there we go. Look, if you are gifted with the ability to put stuff together with your hands, number one, just know that I think you are a miracle already because I got nothing but thumbs. And I will tell you, this church, we need your gift this Saturday because we're gonna be assembling donations for our Christmas outreach, which we call Giving Hope. It's our opportunity to go bless some families and make some moms and some dads some superstars in their home in a year that's been tough for some people. So if you've got the gift of piecing some things together, show up this Saturday morning. You can find more information at vibrantchurch.com outreach or slash giving hope. And that's everything that you need to know that's going down. Also, just go ahead and be clear in your calendars. Giving Hope is coming up December the 5th. Everybody say December 5th. Once again, we want you to be a part of that because we say it all the time for small groups and dream team, but we are better together. And hey, Columbus is better when you go out and be the hands and feet of Jesus. So make sure you are ready to serve on December the 5th. All right, all right, man, I'm excited about this. So look, we just talked about serving and actually to begin tonight, I wanna honor a few, of, a few of my incredible team members that are up here. Which by the way, can y'all give a round of applause for our amazing student worship team? Wow. I don't know if you guys know it, but that was led by both former Vibrant Youth members and current Vibrant Youth students. That's amazing, that much talent at such a young age. I don't have that talent, and I'm 35. I've got LeBron's hairline, and I still haven't acquired that, that kind of talent. So, man, shout out to those guys. But I wanna honor some team members on our student team here, our Thrive team, our Vibrant Youth team. And so I wanna begin by shouting out one individual who just means so much to me on a personal level. She's so, so good at what she does. It's Miss Stacy Shink. Stacy, would you mind waving at everybody? <laughs> Let me tell y'all, Stacy is the ultimate glue. When she came on the team, we instantly got better because for as scatterbrained as I can be, she keeps everything together. And Stacy, I just wanna honor you. It never fails. Anything I ask, your answer is yes. When we were singing that song, Available, you immediately came to my mind because you are always available no matter what it is. So y'all give it up for Stacy one more time. Now I gotta turn my attention to my man, Grayson. Grayson, I love you, bro. Look, the crowd loves you, man. Guys, Grayson is so amazing. You can just see it in his smile. It's a million dollar smile. But he makes everything we do so warm. 
And guys, I'm here to tell you that, that leading students occasionally, it can be difficult, it can be awkward. You can have some really, really hard but important conversations. And I'm just telling you, you think his smile is great. You should see the students smiling when they walk away from a conversation with him. Grayson, you are so good, you are so great, and you are building the kingdom kid by kid. Y'all give him a round of applause. Now I'm gonna turn my attention back over here and she is so mad at me for honoring her. Y'all give the biggest round of applause you can to Miss Erilyn Gray right now. So Erilyn has this incredibly unique gift, a gift that I desperately need on my team. She has the gift of finding the kid that nobody is connecting with. And instantly they feel like they're at home. Instantly they feel like they are the most important person in the room and she has this gift of finding the student that really is hurting and pouring so much life, so much biblical truth, and so much Jesus love back into them. Erilyn, I'm just telling you right now, Columbus, Mississippi is a better place because you are here and the kingdom of heaven has grown so much because of your love you show others. Y'all give her a round of applause one more time. All right, and lastly, guys, y'all don't know how much I wish he could be up here right now, but. He's watching online. He's already been praying for me all day. I don't deserve a brother like Joseph Quatrevant. But those of you who know Joe Q, y'all give it up for Joe Q. Joe, we love you, brother, so much. Joe just had a, a pretty uh, intense and serious neck surgery. And I want you guys to know that even the night before he went into surgery, a surgery that was supposed to take roughly three hours, he called me. He said, hey, can you tell me about Karsten? How's he feeling? How's he feeling about that prayer? Hey, can you tell me about so-and-so? Hey, what about this other kid? He literally, it was like he had a, a, a Sears wish list of kids that he wanted to know about. My old people know what's up with that right there. Um, and, and guys, I'm just here to tell you, Joe Q has a heart of gold, and we could not do everything that God is allowing us to do in Vibrant Youth without him. So one more round of applause for Joe Q. We love you, bro. We love you so much, man. All right, so we talked them up, we hyped up our team. I wanna take a second, since it is student takeover, I wanna share some of the wins that God had just lavished on vibrant youth this year. How many of you will agree that 2020 is another brand of crazy? Can I get an amen? I mean, it is something. I don't even know how to describe it at this point. But let me tell you, God said, oh, 2020, you got a plan? Mine's better, mine's bigger and mine wins, mine wins. And so I want you to hear this, guys. In February, all of these numbers I'm gonna share with you, they actually begin in February. So in February, we instituted a prayer card for our students, and some of you guys, parents out there, you know sometimes it can be so hard to get your student, your, your kid to open up to you. You know that they're hurting, but they just won't tell you what it is, right? Well, I firmly believe that if we gave them a prayer card, they would respond to it, and I want you to know that in 2020, over 650 unique prayer cards were filled out by students in vibrant youth, and our team prayed over every last one of them. Can we put our hands together for that? Guys, you'd be amazed at some of the things that our students have said. I can just tell you, man, this next generation, they're not just praying for themselves. You can call them selfish, but I'm not signing up for it. Because we've prayed for moms, dads, family members, friends. I even prayed for a principal of a high school, which is crazy because I was a school teacher for a long time. I don't know if I stopped and prayed for the principal sometimes. So shout out to that kid. We've also had roughly 20 kids baptized in 2020. Yeah, how great is that? And, and we've not even been able to do baptism, but about, what, two or three times, I believe, this year because of COVID. 20 kids took that important next step of accountability. This one boggles my mind. We returned post-COVID with over 100% of the number of students we had pre-COVID. That's mind-blowing. Somebody told me that the world shut down, but our kids didn't get the memo. They were like, no, nah, we're good. We going to worship, all right? So then we had a conference that was supposed to be in person in Birmingham, Alabama with Church of the Highlands. It was Motion 2020, and when COVID hit, it turned into an online-only experience. It went from three days to one day. 
It went from this huge thing everybody was excited about to something that you could do from your cell phone. But I want you to know that at Vibrant Youth, over 80 kids came to this house to attend Motion Together because they understood that we were gonna be better and stronger if we worship together. They said, forget the cell phone, I want community. How amazing is that? Then we had a get together, come back from COVID, and over 90 kids showed up for a luau that we did, which was amazing. And if y'all could have seen Hannah Reeves's outfit, it was the single coolest thing. I mean, I don't even know what's called. It was a thing of beauty, let me just tell you. Then we did a lit party. Anybody see something about lit party 2020? Yeah. And how about over 160 kids? in the Golden Triangle showed up to worship Jesus at Lit Party 2020. The first time we've ever done something like that. Put your hands together for them. But this one, and I'm gonna try not to get weird and emotional, but I am weird and emotional, so I'm sorry. Guys, as of two weeks ago, we surpassed 200 decisions for Jesus in vibrant youth in 2020, over 200. And I want you to know that we call a decision for Jesus a commitment, a first-time commitment or a recommitment. A kid saying, I wanna come back to what I know belongs in my heart, and that is Jesus Christ. So over 200 of them, but all the numbers are great. But I tell my team all the time, we don't celebrate numbers, we celebrate stories. And so I think to do this justice, I wanna share some testimonies from some of our just really, really incredible kids. In fact, the three testimonies you're about to hear, all three of them are on the stage right now, and I am gonna keep them anonymous, but I wanna give you this first one. And she actually told me that it didn't have to be anonymous, so Holly, where are you at, girl? Where are you at? Right here, y'all, y'all, y'all give it up for Holly Lee. Holly was the first student I met in Vibrant Youth. Check it out. She said, this is what she sent to me. She said, one thing that has happened this year in my life is I kind of lost myself during the beginning of the pandemic. Anybody else feel that way? You lost yourself in the pandemic? I lost control of my diet during the pandemic. But we all lost control of something. She said, I lost myself. And I also lost a lot of friends. But God really showed up and showed out. Well, ain't no doubt. When I lost myself, God brought amazing people from Vibrant Church into my life who really cared for me and cared enough to help me piece myself back together. I am very grateful for each and every one of those people. God also led students from Vibrant Youth to get to know me more and to become my friends. I've never felt more cared for and loved as I do right now, all thanks, thanks to the loving church family I have developed here at Vibrant Church. I mean, how good is that? Let's go. Next one, a young man said, and this one cracked me up. He's so honest. During the summer, I went to motion conference at Vibrant, much to my initial dismay. <laughs> he didn't want to come. He said, look, I'm not a very social person, and uh, big gatherings are not necessarily my thing. But going to motion definitely changed something about me. I started going to Thrive. I got involved in a small group and made some good connections that would not have been made otherwise. I have my struggles, and they used to weigh me down so much, but going to Thrive and having a group of people I can trust in my small group has definitely helped relieve that pressure. And I can say without a doubt that I am closer with Jesus than I was before. Listen, y'all hear us talk small groups all the time, but that's about as good a testimony as you can find. You wanna grow closer to Jesus, grow closer to his children. You'll be amazed at what you can do in community. And then this last one, and once again, if I cry, y'all just, y'all just act like it's not happening. <laughs> this young lady said, at the start of May, my dad passed away. I felt like God was not there and I even felt like no one else really cared. But then God led me to vibrant youth. I saw so many kind and God-fearing students, and I realized I had finally found a group where I could just be myself for a change. 
I started noticing that I was getting closer with God thanks to the help of the youth leaders and the students around me. I wanna be just as kind as the youth group leaders and I want to help make others feel like they belong here too. Thanks to vibrant youth, I am closer to God than ever before and I am not afraid to speak to others about my God. And this is the one that's, oh, this last line. I also feel like I finally know my worth. Can y'all give it up for that young lady? So I'm here to tell you, man, God has shown up and shown out to steal their phrase uh, in 2020. And, and everything that we do here at Vibrant Youth, we try to do four things every time we talk to a kid. We wanna encourage them, we wanna inspire them, we wanna disciple them, and we wanna develop them. Because I truly believe that's the commission that God's laid on our hearts for the next generation here at Vibrant Youth. And those testimonies are proof that God's still moving and there ain't nothing that a pandemic, an election, anything can throw at us that's gonna deter us from the commission that God has laid on our hearts. Can I get an amen? And so some of you may be going, all right, I've heard about them. I've heard about the students. Who is this weirdo on stage right now? See, for many of you, you don't know me because I'm either just the announcements guy or I'm the youth pastor that maybe you've heard about, maybe you haven't. So Pastor Jason told me I had to formally introduce myself. So here goes. I'm bad at talking about myself. So here we go. My name is Jamie Barkdahl, and I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, home of the Crimson Tide. Can I get a roll tide? So roughly a third of our congregation likes me. The rest are asking for my resignation. I am the son of Chris and Amy Barkdahl, and my parents drove from Tuscaloosa. My dad's actually going to work after this to work a 10, 12-hour shift. Mom and Daddy, I want you to know how much I appreciate you. Because every job I've ever had, I've served students that didn't have a mom and dad like I do. So I thank you, I honor you, and I love you so much. <laughs> so let me tell you, I did put them through the ringer, though. I'm honoring them now. I didn't always honor them. Um, I'm 35 years old, and I gave my life to Jesus about 15 years ago. So if you do the math, right about the time I was introduced to drinking, I decided I needed something different than a drink. But I struggled to develop a relationship with him even after I gave my life to him. Some of you may be familiar with the tornado that came through Tuscaloosa, Alabama, but it radically changed my life forever because I was introduced to a church called Church of the Highlands that partners with us on a lot of things. And I saw for the first time a church that didn't just talk about helping people, they went out and helped people. They said, there is no disaster bigger than our God and I'm here to spread the gospel in the midst of it. And so I, I actually didn't know if I believed in God at that point. I was wavering back and forth. I hopped in my truck with another friend of mine who was kind of unsure. He was new to the faith as well. And what ended up happening was I was introduced to people and, and, and a purpose that I could have never imagined. And so when we talk to you about serving here, we really mean it. It will change your life. I'm living proof of it, guys. But that doesn't mean everything was perfect and peachy after that. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows. During a really dark season of my life, when I was considering suicide, and yes, I am authentic and blunt, I'm sorry if that scares you. When I was considering taking my own life, I joined a small group, actually trying to prove to my wife that a small group wouldn't, wouldn't help. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I ended up in a freedom group, which by the way, let me put in a plug, if you have not done freedom here at Vibrant Church, if I could encourage one thing that will transform your life, Hey, get into the word, number one, but then get into a freedom group. I'm telling you, it will rock your world. So I joined this freedom group, and uh, man, let me tell you, I was surrounded by um, 11 other amazing men of God who spoke things over me I'd never heard before in my life. I ended up going into Highlands College, uh, graduated, thank you, Jesus, and, uh, and, and Pastor Jason Delgado reached out to me and said, hey, bro, I want you to come hang out with me. There's something on you. And I want more of it in my life, bro. And so I started coming and hanging out and I had no idea what was gonna happen. But I ended up getting a friend for life. I ended up getting a pastor that I could talk to every single day. And I ended up getting to step into a calling that still blows my mind every single moment that I get to walk in it. And so 
Let me just say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for accepting this weirdo from Tuscaloosa. I'm passionate and I'm crazy, but I sure do love your kids and I sure do love this community. And the last person that I haven't honored, and I am probably gonna lose it on this one, is the vessel that God sent me so that I could know him deeper. And it is my wife, Amber Barkdahl. Can y'all put your hands together for her? There is nothing I can say up here to honor you well enough, but I want you to know you are the greatest blessing that I've ever received short of Jesus Christ. And I thank you so much for walking with me through thick and thin, and Lord knows 2020 has been a lot of thick. But y'all, I'll tell you, when I am struggling, she is there to lift me, and let me tell you, she is also there to lift your kids as well. There is not a single kid that's gonna come in contact with her and not leave, rejuvenated and lifted by the word and the spirit of God. And so you are the mother to our three dogs. Thank you. We don't have kids, but I feel like I've got tons if you just look around, guys. God's blessed me with the most amazing kids. I love you. All right. So I gotta get out of the introductions or I'm gonna get fired. Uh, let's get in. How many of you ready for the word of God today? Come on, come on. So I've got this, this thing that I like to do as a custom is I always wanna pray before I preach because I never wanna speak God's word without his spirit running through me. So if you would, just take a posture of prayer. Maybe close your eyes, bow your head. Father God, I ask that you just fill this space right now, God. I pray that you will move me out of the way. You will push me aside, Lord God, so that your voice can be heard, God. I pray that, that I, am, I am just a vessel for your voice, God. That's all I hope to be today. And I pray that what I preach today will be relevant and it will fall on fertile soil because, Lord God, you know your children better than any of us could. And we know how much we need to be transformed by you, not just inspired by a message. So, God, I ask you to take this moment, take this message, and do what your will would be, God. We love you. We praise you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's jump into this thing. Y'all can see this graphic we got behind us. We're calling this series The Mask and the Masterpiece. The Mask and the Masterpiece. Now, you guys are getting to join in for part one. If you wanna hear part two and part three, might I recommend you join the students team at Vibrant Youth because that's the only way you can hear it. So The Mask and the Masterpiece, and I'm calling this specific message Lose the Mask and Stock Your Box. Y'all down with that? gonna be a good time. So uh, I want all of you to know that the mask and the masterpiece, this really, it symbolizes a choice that we have to make on a daily basis, right? Look at your neighbor and say, it's your choice. And it is. Look at your other neighbor and say, it's yours too. <laughs> it's your choice. See, um, I actually want to introduce you. Maybe you know this guy. Maybe you've heard of him. His name is Thomas Merton. He uh, he was this kind of he, he was kind of he was a Trappist monk. He was a, a Catholic theologian. But Thomas Merton's very fascinating guy. You got to kick off the meat, throw out the bones a little bit with Thomas Merton. But he has this amazing perspective on a sense of self. And I want to introduce you to this quote. You can see it on your note sheet here. Thomas Merton once wrote, we have the choice of two identities, the external mask, which seems to be real, and the hidden inner person who seems to be nothing. But it's that person who can give himself eternally to the truth in whom he subsists. Now, some of you may be going, what in the world did that mean? I was an English teacher, I apologize. I was an English teacher and a football coach, so if I get really, really excited, that's the football part. And when I give you a Thomas Merton quote, that's the English part. But let's break it down together, right? It's kind of a heady statement for sure, but let's start with the second half of this quote. See, if you don't walk away with anything else today, I want you to hear me say this. Better yet, I want you to hear God say this. You are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. See, Merton says that there is a hidden inner person who seems to be nothing to us. And let me just tell you, this feeling of being nothing, this feeling of being useless, of not having a, a purpose on this earth, let me tell you, man, that is just, that is the enemy talking to you. That is not God. Now, let me tell you, there's so many prayer cards that we've gotten from students where they're saying that exact 
thing. And here's what I've learned. Depression, suicide, identity confusion, these are not new things. These are not things that are only relegated to our students here at Vibrant Youth or the students of, of Gen Z. No, no, no. These things affect adults too. In fact, you can look at the, st the statistics and see that depression, suicide, identity crisis matters, they're all soaring in our country right now in every single living generation. It's hard to find meaning when every day we feel like we have to wear a mask, right? I'm just curious, anybody out there feel like sometimes when you go to work, you gotta put on your face so you don't get fired? Anybody ever feel like, any? okay, ooh, somebody really felt it. I feel you, right? Not a vibrant, former job. Um, I'll tell you, man, it's really, really tempting sometimes to feel like I've got to wear a mask. But I want you to see that Merton actually says that the inner self that we all hide away, either because of fear or maybe shame or maybe expectations, whatever it is, that's the only version of you that can live eternally in the truth of God. So if you live your whole life wearing a mask, you're living outside of the life that God would have for you. See, he is in love with the masterpiece that is inside of you, not the mask that you feel like you have to wear. And so I don't want you just to take my word for it. I mean, he didn't give you an identity so that you can go and fake it the rest of your life. He gave you real identity and real purpose, and I want to prove it to you. Everybody look at Ephesians 2.10. It's right there on your message notes. We always put our verses on our message notes in Vibrant Youth because not every one of our students has a Bible, and not every one of them has a phone that they can download it on. So you're going to see that right there, Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Look at your neighbor and say, you are a masterpiece. You are. You can't escape it. I don't even care how you feel. You may be having the worst day. You may be having the worst year. Guess what? You are still a masterpiece. You may be lodged so deep in sin that you don't feel like you can ever get out of it. Hey, guess what? God's still looking at you and going, that is my handiwork. If I could be known for anything, it is that guy right there. It is that lady right there. It is that family right there. It is that divorce that ended because the marriage ascended. It is that family that is being rescued by my grace. You are a masterpiece. And so that leads us to talk about the second part, that, that whole, that whole uh, mask side of things, right? If you go back, it says we have the choice of two identities, the external mask, which seems to be real. How many of you know that the world would love to convince you that your mask is everything? The world would love to convince you that your bank account is everything. The world would love to convince you that who you vote for is everything. The world would love to convince you that uh, those pictures you post when you go to the beach so that everybody can admire your family on Facebook. Some of y'all know y'all be posting them pictures. That's everything, right? But that's not. It's just not everything. See, see, the world has a crazy, crazy loud voice. And that's why we end up putting on all these masks we walk around in. That's why, honestly, guys, that's why we've got 13-year-olds walking around trying to look like the 20-something-year-olds that they call influencers on YouTube because they've been taught by the internet that that's the mask they should wear. You wanna be famous? Say what I say. You wanna be rich? Wear what I wear, or better yet, wear what, I, what little bit I wear. Sorry, I'm blind. You want a million followers? Act like me, use the words I use. But that's not God. That's why we've got 30-year-olds posting those, those crazy beach pictures I just mentioned. Y'all know how those pictures really go down, right? Everybody goes and sh they go shopping and everybody gets their white linen and we gotta make sure it looks just crisp and perfect. Raise your hand if you've ever taken some of these pictures. I'm just curious. Yeah, there's some hands, right? Everything's gotta be perfect, but can we get real for a second? Mom's over there sweating because she got about a pound of makeup on. She's sinking in the sand. She got so much makeup on, trying to look perfect. 
You got, you got dad over on the other side. He's sweating as well because he knows the beating that just went down in the car is about to expire. <laughs> Photographer, if you don't hurry up, I'm going to have to hit him in front of you. <laughs> and the reality is this. That's just another mask. These masks are why we've got 40, 50, and 60-year-olds that are still grinding it out in jobs, chasing promotions. They've already got a job that's provided them a life but they depend on that job to provide them an identity. The reality is this, guys. There's a better way. There's a better option. There's something deep down inside of you that God wants to bring to the surface tonight. And it's nothing that could ever be called a mask because God himself called it a masterpiece. See, scripture is clear about what we should do with all these masks we wear. All these external selves that we think mean everything to us. In fact, if you'll actually check out Ephesians 4, 22 through 24, Paul, the Apostle Paul actually writes, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. Look at your neighbor, say, throw it off. Sorry, we're gonna talk to our neighbor a lot tonight. Throw it off, man. Because it's being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So I wanna ask you a simple question tonight, but it's a question that I really want you to think about. I really want you to ponder this one. Merton tells us that the choice is ours. God tells us what to do with our mask. He said, throw it away. So let me ask you this question. Will you lose the mask tonight so that you can live as the masterpiece for the rest of your life? Let it sit. Will you lose your mask tonight so that you can walk as a masterpiece for the rest of your life? It's a simple decision, but I can tell you the pressures you're probably feeling. If I lose my mask, people are going to know about me. Why are we worried about people? God already knows. He wrote the story. Until people can write my story, I'm going to cast my, my eyes to God instead. Anybody else on, on board with that? And so I want to challenge you tonight to get out of mask mode and get into masterpiece mode. Now, the truth is that when you go to answer that question, will I lose the mask to walk as the masterpiece, it's gonna open the door for some pretty heavy questions. In fact, my, one of my best friends in the world is joining us tonight from Tuscaloosa as well, Mark Skipwith. Y'all give it up for my buddy here. We were backstage and Mark looked at my notes. He said, bro, them questions you got in purple. Jeez. These are the purple questions. These are the questions that are going to be opened when you make the decision to live as a masterpiece and not a mask. You're going to have to ask yourself, where am I investing my time, my energy, my love, and my heart? Is it in your child? Or is it in a dream you're still chasing? I don't know. Is it in a promotion that you probably don't really need? Or is it in the presence of God that every one of us needs? And I, I would make you ask this, does my pursuit of performance cost me the awareness of God's presence? Am I so busy trying to succeed that I forget my savior? How about this one? If I am denied the approval of man, can I confidently walk in the approval of my heavenly father? What if you never get a compliment for the rest of your life? Can you walk in the confidence that is only found in Jesus Christ? Or how about this one? Do I live my life under the weight of reputation or do I live through the freedom of redemption? Because I'm here to tell you, the story of redemption and the story of your reputation, they're gonna collide at times. They're not gonna meet eye to eye sometimes, but one of them is worth living for. And for Jesus, it was worth dying for. And it was your redemption, not your reputation. So today, I'm a very practical kind of guy. I wanna give you six ways that you can lose the mask today. Y'all in on that? So six ways that you can lose the mask today. Number one, let's jump in. We're gonna start, we're gonna start in the deep end. Quit coveting someone else's calling. 
Now, I understand some of y'all sit here like, I don't covet anything. I am not covetous. You don't know my heart, and you're correct, I don't. But I know mine. I know that there are times that I fall, I fall into this trap. I, I covet some other people's calling. You'd be amazing, you'd be amazed at how many youth pastors actually spend more time on Instagram looking at someone else's calling than in the word chasing theirs. But I'm here to tell you that the word of God says in James 3.16, wherever jealousy and selfishness are uncovered, you will also find many troubles and every kind of meanness. Ooh-wee. Some of y'all going, what is the TPT? I need that translation. It's the Passion Translation. The reality is this, guys. You are going to, you're gonna find meanness. You're gonna find dissatisfaction. You're gonna find frustration if you allow jealousy and selfish to mark, selfishness to mark you. See, I wanna throw it to you like this. We have to quit spending so much time lusting for someone else's life that we forget to live our own. And I've been guilty of this one. I have. See, when I was a little kid, I grew up in this little place called Akron, Alabama. It's basically a fish camp that just got stuck in the mud. And so people were like, I guess we're going to live here. I grew up there with like three channels, but the one channel we got was WGN. WGN, some of you know it. I could see the Cubs, the White Sox, and the Chicago Bulls. Shout out Michael Jordan. So I wanted to grow up to be an NBA basketball player. You're laughing really hard. I'm not going to take offense. No, the reality is I look more like the basketball than a basketball player. (laughs) Closest thing I got is the red and black. That's the closest I could get to a Bulls jersey. But let me tell you something. If I would have been defeated when my basketball dreams didn't come, then I could have never stepped into the calling that God had for me here at Vibrant Church. I don't know who needs to hear this tonight, but just because your initial wish didn't get granted doesn't mean that God has abandoned you. He's got something better and bigger for you. And I understand it looks like everybody else in your life gets more blessings than you. Some of y'all like, they go to the mailbox and a blessing falls out. I go to the mailbox and bills fall out. I get it, I get it. But I want you to understand something. Everybody in this room was given the same greatest blessing and that's Jesus Christ. So let's quit comparing our minor blessings and start appreciating the major blessing. Because we are all sons and daughters of the king. Number two, let's quit comparing yourself to your contemporaries. It may not look like it. I'm a big hairy guy, but I actually love art. And I've learned that in studying art, most people that create masterpieces, they, uh, they're not appreciated during their time. And you were called by God a masterpiece. So that means that sometimes you're not gonna be appreciated in this world. It's gonna look like somebody is better than you, better looking than you, better at your job than you. But I want you to understand something that you are not called to compare. In fact, 2 Corinthians 10, 12, the message translation nails it. It says, we're not putting ourselves in a league with those who boast that they are our superiors. We wouldn't dare do that. This is the part that needs to hit. But in all this comparing and grading and competing, they quite miss the point. I don't know about y'all, but when I get to heaven and God says, what did you do with my son, Jesus? I don't wanna look at him and say, I guess I missed the point. Don't miss the point. See, if you're busy looking at someone else's life, I can promise you, you're not pouring into the one God gave you. See, the Bible tells us that we can't get distracted with the left and the right. We gotta stay the path that's in front of us. I mean, look, let me update it for students. You cannot affect the world around you if you're engrossed in the, world, in the world that's inside your phone, okay? I get it, it's interesting. But you were called to the one that you're actually in, not the one that's being presented to you. And I get, I get stuck in this one sometimes. I mean, I would love to speak like Stephen Furtick. Be pretty awesome. Wouldn't mind his hair either. I'd love to sing like Daniel Groves. I could do without his hair. Don't tell him I said that. I would love to tell a story like Pastor Dino Rizzo. I'd love to do all those things. But I've learned something. I've learned something really, really powerful. I wouldn't take any of those amazing gifts over the ability to connect with people like Jamie Barkdahl. 
And I'm not especially gifted in, in some extreme way. I just have a heart for people. And I wanna encourage you right now that tonight when you go home, I want you to identify what is your gift. What is the thing the world's probably comparing itself to in you? Because every last one of you in here has been gifted by God. And it's your responsibility, it's your opportunity to identify it and use it to build the kingdom of heaven. But if you're spending your life comparing your gifting to someone else's, the kingdom don't get bigger and God doesn't get heard. So let's quit comparing ourselves to our contemporaries. Number three, ooh, baby, let's quit chasing false contentment. Quit chasing false contentment. Man, let me tell you, I've learned something. Everything that I've ever wanted to have so badly I couldn't take my mind off of it, it ends up having me before it's all over with. The Bible knew this. I love this. In 1 John 2, 15 through 17, it says, don't set the affections of your heart on this world or in loving the things of this world. No. It says the love of the Father and the love of the world are incompatible. For all that the world can offer us, the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of the things of the world, and the obsession with status and importance, none of these things come from the Father but from the world. This world and its desires are in the process of passing away. But those who love to do the will of God, they live forever. I don't, know, I don't know who needs to hear this, but look, you ain't gotta have all that stuff you're lusting after. I got a weird hobby. I'm really into sneakers. My wife just gave me that eye. But I've learned that every time I get that pair of sneakers that I've, I've coveted, I've wanted so badly, it's like Nike has a bell that goes off in Oregon. And they go and put out another pair of sneakers that I just gotta have. And I end up realizing that I'm not enjoying what I've been gifted because I'm longing for what I don't have. Now, it's funny when it's sneakers. Some of y'all are like, man, this man needs to learn how to be a man. Talking about some sneakers. <laughs> but let me put it in context. If you take that into your marriage, you end up lusting after a woman that's never been half the woman your wife is. You end up wanting something that God didn't write into your story and if you chase it and you believe that that's where your contentment is found, you'll start bringing it in and it'll wreck everything that God laid before you. You don't need it. You just don't. So quit chasing false contentment. Number four, I'm so passionate about this one. Quit covering his craftsmanship. Quit covering God's craftsmanship. See, I love this verse in Revelation. Revelation 12, 11 says, they won the victory over him, talking about the devil. They won the victory over the devil because of the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They didn't love their life so much that they refused to give it up. This is a two-part situation here, right? They won victory because of the blood of the lamb. Check, Jesus already did that. God loved you so much that he allowed his one son to shed his blood to die on the cross for you. Then there's the second part. You're gonna overcome the enemy by the word of your testimony. Hey, there's some people in this world, and I pray this is not you, they're so busy clinging to their reputation that they won't give it up so that someone else could come to know Jesus. In fact, let me say it like this. You may not realize it, but the story of your past might be someone else's survival guide for the present. So, I, I, you got issues? Great, so do I. They still let me get up here. Like, I love my team, but they all got issues too. Our students have issues. Let me tell you who we don't need. We don't need perfect people. But we do need your presence. So are you jacked up? As Pastor Ron would say. You jacked up? We need you. Struggling with a sin? We need you. Better yet, you need community too because you're not overcoming it alone. I don't care how jacked up, how, how messed up you think your life is. You are perfect to come pour into the students that are sitting behind me and the students that are out there because they're gonna learn from your story. There's going, they're gonna learn because they're gonna get to see the hope that rides shotgun in your testimony. But if you deprive us of your story because you're clinging to a reputation, 
they miss out. They're worth it. Can y'all all shout out, they're worth it? They're worth it. Number five, let's quit consulting man's voice and start checking God's word. We, my goodness, some of us, we, we depend on conversations to do what transformation can only do. It's wild. Look at Second Timothy 3.16 says, every scripture has been written by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction, giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. Guys, you're not getting closer to Jesus without listening to him. I, I, I get so frustrated hearing people say things like, I just wish God would make my purpose clear. But then you go and look and their Bible's closed. How does that work? God, I need your help, please. And as soon as he gives you an opportunity to hear him, you say, no, I gotta go to work. Now, hold on, Jesus, my show's coming on. Now, Jesus, I don't have time to hear you. I know you're answering my prayer, but you don't understand what so-and-so just posted on Facebook. I gotta go like that. It'll be there later, I promise. Let's get back into God's word. That's what we need more than anything. In fact, I love how Pastor Craig Rochelle speaks on this issue. He says, being consumed by what people think of you is the fastest way to forget what God thinks of you. Man, come on. And that leads me to the last point, number six. Quit curating a character and start cultivating your character. Let me say that again because I want that to sink. Quit curating a character and start cultivating your character. There's no such thing as a museum curator by day and a farmer by night. Both of those jobs take everything you have. Spoiler alert, if you're curating your life, that's taking every part of you. If you're worried about your life being an exhibition for everyone that follows you on social media, it's taking everything out of you and you may not even realize it. But if you're cultivating your life, if you're getting on your face in prayer, if you are worshiping with everything you have, if you are leaning on the word of God every time a trouble comes up or a victory is won, then you are cultivating a character that the world can learn from. So let's all make the commitment tonight. We're gonna lose the mask because we're gonna, curate, or we're gonna quit curating a character. We're gonna cultivate our character. You wanna know how to do that? It's really, really simple. Worship, prayer, Bible study, and reflection. Those are the four things we encourage our students to engage in on a daily basis. It's as simple as that. And so to close this out, I actually wanna do a quick illustration with you guys. I'm gonna ask our team if they would to bring out a couple of props I've got. And this illustration, I think, does so much to, to teach us, to really, really teach us about our true identities. See, there's two parts to our identity. This last quote from Thomas Merton, it's so good. It says, every one of us is shadowed by an illusory person, a false self. Every one of you has a false self. This is the man that I want myself to be, but who cannot exist because God does not know anything about him. How many of you are giving God the masterpiece he created or giving God the mask that you created? The secret of my identity is hidden in the love and mercy of God. Think about that. The secret of your true identity is hidden in the love and mercy of God. Now, I wanna do this simple illustration to show you what I'm talking about here. It's, it's not, not that hard. Um, this is you, this is your identity. For many of you, you're like, nope, that's not me. It's a pretty sturdy box, and many of you spend your whole life trying to look sturdy and tough to the world around you. It's also an ornate box. Maybe you care a lot about how you look or how you're perceived, but this is your identity. As a Christ follower, you've been taught that inside of your heart, you should store the word of God. You should keep his voice and his voice alone close to you. Unfortunately for many people, Christians, non-Christians, this is the only identity that the world knows of them because this part got left out. 
They had something better to do than listen to the king of the universe. I don't know. But I wanna challenge all of you tonight, even if you have to begin tonight, let's put the, the true self box back where it belongs at your core. Because see, a funny thing happens is in our life, we get all these labels and titles. Some of them are really good. Most of them are actually really good. I've got one from a lot of my friends. They don't call me a friend, they call me a brother. Friend, one that I recently gave up, teacher. Occasionally I still get to be that to some of my former students. One that I just received, pastor. And even though I'm going long, I hope they'll let me continue to keep that one. Gatherer, I love being called a gatherer of people, people, a leader. A lot of people get, get to call me a leader and it just means so much to me when I hear that. I've been an author. There's all these titles and it's really amazing because we end up sometimes filling up our identity with all these labels and titles. Then there's some descriptors, right? Everybody's got adjectives that describe them. I've been blessed to be known as compassionate. So I put that in the box. Occasionally I get called inspiring and I, I get worried about the person saying it, but, but I appreciate it. Um, Well-spoken. I don't know how I feel about that one after tonight. Gifted. Passionate. And so I dump some more things into my identity box, right? And so it all goes in there. And as you can see, my box is overflowing, come on is that all these labels and titles start to fill it up. But what if the word of God wasn't already stored in there? Where would it be? It'd be falling out. Because God wants to be the God of all. If he's not, he's the God of nothing at all in your life. He needs every bit of you. But then we have these other things that get into our identity. They're wounds, they're attacks, and they're hurts. And a funny thing happens is like, one time I had a former football player that called me a quitter. I walked away from him his senior year of high school because I knew I couldn't coach for the man that was brought into that field house. It would do damage to my marriage. That one stuck. Growing up, I was called a loser because I was always the big kid. Didn't always wear the name brand. Maybe that one stuck. But I want you to show you something. See, if you put the word of God first and you allow friends to breathe truth and life into you, even if a few of the attacks stick, I want you to see what happens to the rest of them. Some of them stick, but they never get to the core. They can't get to the thing that's deep down inside of you. So even if I don't feel successful at this moment, even if... Maybe someone calls you a psycho. Some of y'all laugh because that relationship's been called that, right? Even if someone calls you a reject, you can bit by bit pick them off until eventually you get down to that box that's on the inside, that core, that scripture that you stored into your, in your heart, that scripture that Jesus Christ died so that you would never have to live without. But if it's not in you, if the Bible and the word of God and the voice of God is not in your schedule, it's not in your box either. But you wanna know why this box is so great? As much as we try to keep only the voice of God inside of our hearts, occasionally doubt creeps in. Anybody in here had a little bit of doubt creep into your heart in 2020? I know I have. What I'm gonna read to you are things that our students have written on prayer cards. My team doesn't even know that that's what this is. One student said, but I don't feel like I even matter to God. But check it out. If you put him first and put him in your heart, then you know John 1.12 says, but those who embraced and took hold of his name were given authority to become the children of God. 
Not only do you matter, you are his family. You sit at his table. Maybe you're thinking, but I don't even really have a purpose on this earth. No, 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 no. Because if the voice of God is in your heart, then you know that 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says you are the body of the anointed one. And each one of you is a unique and vital part of it. You think you don't have a purpose? You are vital to his purpose. Maybe you think, but I just can't overcome this sin. I'm gonna be stuck in it forever. Not if the word of God's in you. As Colossians 1.14 says, for in the Son, all of our sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. You are released of that sin right now. All you gotta do is ask. Maybe you're thinking, my box feels full. I'm very weighed down, but I feel so empty inside still. I need so-and-so in my life to complete me. Nah, you don't need so-and-so unless so-and-so is Jesus. Because Colossians 2.10 says, in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. I don't care what the sin is or how loud their voice is, you are complete because of Jesus Christ, not Jimmy, not Joe, not Jeff. You are complete, not Jessica. You are complete because of Jesus Christ. Maybe you're thinking nothing good could ever come from this mess I'm in, Pastor Jamie. Nah, <laughs> Romans 8.28 disagrees the words in your heart, then you know that we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. You may feel like you're in a valley. He knows you're there. He's authored a beautiful end. Or maybe you're thinking tonight, but for real, my life is so screwed up. There's no way God loves me. Just look at this. Romans 8, 35, 37 nails it. When it says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or we are persecuted or we're going hungry or we're poor or we're in danger or we're threatened to death? No, despite all of this overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. Look at your neighbor and say, he loves you. Because here's the thing, those aren't just words, that's your Savior speaking. And I wanna challenge everybody tonight to let him in to the core of your heart. Let him in deep into your soul. Let him into the places that you think you've kept private. Because the reality is he has a plan for those things too. So I'm gonna ask everybody as we close out, if you would, just take a, a posture of prayer for me. Maybe today you're in here and you've heard all of this and you've realized that in your heart, there's a lot of stuff that the world said, but there's very little that the word has said. Maybe you've realized tonight that your identity is drifting off the sea and you desperately need a savior to come bring you back in. Maybe you're here tonight and thought to yourself, I've never known this Jesus he's talking about. He's not only not been in my heart, he's never even been in my life. But I sure do want him there. I sure do want to walk with the confidence of knowing that I matter to God. I want to walk with the confidence that I am not abandoned to my sorrows. I want to walk in the confidence of knowing that there is no poverty, there is no persecution, there is nothing that can separate me from my Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, I want you to know no matter where you are, whether you've known him and you've drifted, whether you've never received him at all, tonight is your night. This moment is your opportunity to once and for all ask him into your life. And I hear pastors all the time say it's as simple as saying a prayer, but I also wanna tell you that it means that you're gonna have to exchange your life for his. And it's the best decision you could ever make. I promise because when I finally made it, it forever changed the story of my life. 
And so if that's you, if you realize tonight that it's, that right now, God, you're speaking to me and saying, come home. I want you back so badly. Or if you're the person that's always maybe scoffed at Christianity or never accepted him as your Lord and Savior, but right now you feel him tugging on you in a way that you've never felt before. I just wanna ask you to take a really bold step. I am not going to embarrass you. This is between me, you, and the King of all kings, Jesus Christ. And I can tell you that there is no one in that that's gonna be ashamed of you for making this move. That's the world talking. I don't care if you've professed that you've been a Christian your whole life, but you know right now he's stirring something anew in you. I want you to raise your hand because you are recommitting your life. If you go, all of my friends are gonna disown me because we're all in this atheism thing together, then guess what, it's okay. God will bring you new friends and they will be better because they won't just be friends, they will be family. So if that's you today, if you're in either camp, I just want you to make the bold move of slipping your hand up right now and saying, Jesus, I want in. Oh my goodness, so many hands. I see you in the back back there. I'm so proud of you. Adults, this is you too. I don't care if it's youth takeover. Your family needs to see you take this step. They need to know that you are leading them in the pathway of Jesus. So many students right now making that decision. I see you too in the back. I'm so proud of you. I see you back there. So amazing. I just want you to say the simple prayer after me, but I want, you to be, I want you to believe everything you say and I want you to mean it with all your heart because right now you are making an exchange between a broken life and a perfect resolution, a lost story and an amazing savior. So with every, every head bowed, every eye, clo- or every eye closed, If you've already made this decision, I want you to join in with us. And if you just made that decision, I want you to say this after me. Say, dear God, I give you my life. I give you every part of it. I thank you for Jesus, for sending him to die for me so I could come back to you. God, teach me to live for you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and accept this commitment as one that will guide me for the rest of my life. I love you so much, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. And hey, can we just celebrate for all of those people, adults, parents, students that are back on track, that have accepted Jesus into their hearts. Guys, it's so, so amazing. Now look, I'm gonna go through a few very, very quick announcements because I'm way over on time, I apologize. But I wanna remind you that we've got growth track coming up this weekend. And if you wanna join our students team and pour into our amazing students, then I want you on the team. We need your story. We need your testimony. All you gotta do is text TEAM20 to 484848 to sign up for Growth Track. And a member of our team will reach out. They'll contact you because as much as the world may tell you your story's no good, I'm telling you it's the one we need to reach these kids that are in front of me right now. And I also wanna encourage you to be part of that outreach, that first Saturday serve that we talked about that assembly team, because we need your gifts, because I can tell you, I don't have those gifts. And lastly, if everybody would stand for me right here, I wanna, I wanna do the offering. Because see, here at Vibrant Church, we believe that as Christians, we're called to give back to the kingdom that has given so much to us. And we don't do it begrudgingly. We don't do it thinking that it's uh, gonna be, not gonna return fruit, we know that it will. And there's three ways you can give here at Vibrant Church. The first is with the envelopes that are in the seat back in front of you. Second, you can go online. Go to vibrantchurch.com giving and it's super, super easy. And then you can also text Vibrant to 77977. It's as simple as can be, but we want you to sow into the kingdom because the kingdom returns so much to us when we do. 
Now, the other thing that we do around here is we don't just give, but we celebrate like the kingdom of heaven. And how many of you know that the kingdom of heaven is rocking right now because so many souls, so many people are back into the kingdom of heaven. And so right now, what I want you to do is with everything you have, I want you to lean into this moment of worship. We're gonna close with one last song led by my brother and one of our vibrant youth, Matthew Mackey. Let's lift up our voices and have an amazing night.